This is Dan Jurdy, uh, your host for uh, today's uh, issue episode of Citizen U on the first uh, Wednesday of the month, 9 a.m., and on the third Wednesday of the month, your host is Mari Roden, a Ukiah Council member. Okay, and today we're going to have a very special guest, uh, but before that, I want to introduce him. Today on Citizen U, as we kind of head into 2023, I'm hoping that this show will help to inspire member uh, listeners to consider getting involved in our community through local government. For example, many county boards and commissions could benefit from your service on topics ranging from behavioral health all the way to pension investments. For more, go to the county website, look up boards and commissions tab within the Board of Supervisors web pages. For inspiration, I've asked a community member to join us who first began serving on our community in the mid-1980s. Of all the people who are today involved in local government, I can think of no one who has a wider scope of service than today's guest, Richard Shoemaker. If you care about a topic, parks and recreation, water, wildfire preparedness, you name it, Richard has years of work in all sorts of capacities, from service on boards and commissions, to service as an elected representative, to even a city manager and a county supervisor. So. Um, Richard, welcome, and I'm so grateful that you're uh, sharing some time with our listeners here on KZUX. Thanks, Dan. Is that audio coming across okay? Uh, yeah, we'll bring Okay, very good. Okay, and um, so Richard, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your, you know, I think the thing about you that I really didn't know until we sat down and talked about this the other day was, I never really knew the story how you first got involved because you know your I don't think your ambition in high school was to to run for office or maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> well, actually, I I did have a couple of ventures in office running in in high school, but uh, you know in Mendocino County I moved here in in '79, and um, you know was just a guy doing his work, and and there was a point in time when I had some interactions. Uh, with the city of Ukiah that um, I was less than satisfied with. And I'd always been somebody who, if I saw a problem or there was some issue in the community, even as a young person, I would work toward correction. And so I decided that, okay, let's get inside the system and, and um, move got into the city as a parks and rec commissioner and then a planning commissioner unsuccessfully ran for city council but was appointed to fill a vacancy created by a mayoral now now richard can you remind the listeners how old were you when you first ran for city council uh that would have been that would have been 33 yeah 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 so (laughs) um and you know and and it was you know since then you know time of the council, time of the supervisor, special districts. And each one of those places, I tried to have a, a positive impact uh, on the community, either by new programs, new construction, or a correction of things that weren't quite right. And um, so we want to dive into all these things. And um, I, I'm just going to say, you know, you and I are on a board currently, and we've been on a board together for about nine close to nine years i think um uh the the county retirement investment board and and of course you were on that board previously as a county supervisor your current capacity on that board is as an elected member elected by the retired county employees yes that's correct 
Yeah. And, and and again, that's just a place where at, at one point it was the rep for the county and had slightly different views, but not wholly different. And uh, now I represent retired folks or people who are retired and really don't have any input into the system. Um, and then, like I said, you've been with us, represented the county during this time. And, uh, you know, historically, uh, I guess it was back in 19... 19- 97 when I first got on that commission and there was basically one and a half people worked for the retirement board and there was a little closet type of office um, and since that time there's been incredible changes there and, and uh, efficiencies that have been created yeah and that's just an example of I mean Mendocino County has California's smallest independent pension system. And there's a significant amount of case law, court cases, state statute that govern how it works. And it's just complicated, even if there weren't any laws, just to to manage the funds for so many people and to do it on a sustainable basis. And so um, it, it it's kind of surprising to me to to learn that you know it, you know it wasn't all that long ago that there were really only about one and a half people managing all of all of those complexities. Um, so yeah, so that and I'll just say one more thing about um, my observations of you on that board is um, you know some of us we go to go to meetings and we don't necessarily. Um, do enough maybe to um, engage other board members before the meeting starts about small talk or whatever. It's actually, I think, is really a, a useful, beneficial thing to kind of check in with people. And and that's one of my observations of you on, on that board. And I have a hunch you're, you do that with other boards too, that you kind of do some of that personal check-in with other board members that it probably um, might even prompt them to listen to you just a little more closely during the meeting because you always do have something important to say substantively during the meeting as well not just the small talk at the beginning and end of the meeting uh, thank you i appreciate that and and, you know i will say that's one of the points i want to make in this whole hour that that getting things done uh, to me is is based on serious advocacy and information and personal relationships and I think uh, that is probably the biggest reason why I've been successful in the areas I have been is because I, I understand that, that working with people, if you like them or not, is uh, how you get things done. So, so I think it's really important to establish respectful and friendly relationships with people. And I remember John Pinch's supervisor from the north part of the county, he put it a little differently, but kind of was saying, in, in a way, what you were saying. Um, he, I remember him talking to a leadership Mendocino class about, you know, say say I was, uh, you know, going at it with Dan on something. And we were just, you know, I, I have to keep in mind not to make it personal, you know, because on the very next subject, I might need his vote. <laughs> he might be the one that, that's going to help me. That's absolutely out. correct. So always keep that long view in mind. Um, so, uh, thinking of some of the long view on things, um, I mean, you've had so many years in different capacities, in many cases, sometimes on the same topic. And, um, uh, one of those issues was parks and recreation. And, and, and I think you have an interesting story how through different capacities, parks and rec commissioner, council member, um, county supervisor, and then later leading a nonprofit or what wasn't even actually a nonprofit for a while, eventually creating 
you know, Ukiah's community center at the south end of Ukiah. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about kind of that journey and, and your work there. Well, that, that that's actually what I believe to be the most important accomplishment I've ever participated in. And it was, um, it started out, uh, I, I guess, in around 97 with, with um, a group of people that wanted to see a community center and a boys and girls club and a gym and a place for people to be. And they had come to the board of supervisors and uh, uh, asked for a million dollars out of what was tobacco settlement funds back in the 90s. Uh, that, to try to make it a short story, that was granted to the uh, Ukiah Valley Cultural and Rec Center nonprofit, as was to the CB Star Center or the uh, SPAS Center at that time, a million dollars in Fort Bragg. And that agency, that uh, nonprofit, worked for a total of 15 years with three phases of construction to create the Alex Warbaugh Center that now is is such an important piece of the Ukiah Valley and especially the southern part of the community where there were no opportunity, recreation-type opportunities uh, for the community. Uh, and and that, that, you know, probably the crowning thing on that project was private money, public money, um, federal federal earmarks, and at the very end of this thing, we put together an agreement and a deal where the city of Ukiah would operate the facility and put $500,000 into the final construction. The county of Mendocino would do the same. It is in county land, but in the second district. Uh, the, the, build, the building, the facility. And then finally, this, the, the school district, the county, and the city all put $500,000, a million and a half dollars in, which to me is probably the, the most cooperative effort that I've known in this the history of this area. Um, so to me, that was a super success. And uh, if you're in Ukiah Valley and you've never been there, you should go and look at it. It's always got kids in it during the day, uh, Schools, schools, units in the gym in the day, boys and girls club after school, youth basketball, adult basketball, pickleball, everything. So, so anyway, that was due to personal relationships, advocacy, and cooperation that that thing got built. Yeah, connecting all those people together and and um, you know it's key and a perfect example of of how that approach works. Um, uh, are, yeah. As you think about when you see whether it's yourself or others on boards and, and what makes an effective board member, maybe you could just kind of do you have a couple observations that you think would be helpful for someone if they're thinking about going on a board or a commission? So I think being willing to be educated when you come to a board, I mean, usually people that get involved in elected up politics. They have some axe to grind, and I had an axe to grind myself. But uh, to to be effective over the long term, um, you know, you got to be ready to listen. You got to be ready at times to compromise, um, and you really have to dig in and 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 do the work to be successful. Um, you know. Yeah, I, I can't say there's an ideal person to do that. All you got to do is look at the history of where like county supervisors have come from, 
you know, ranchers, lawyers, compost makers, landscape contractors. Um, uh, if if you're willing to work with people, uh, I think that's a key issue. Okay, and um, maybe we could talk a little bit just uh, about opportunities that people have to get involved with cities i mean what were some examples that, that you kind of engaged in i mean you, you talked about the park that city of ukiah has a park and rec uh commission and and a planning commission i think all well fort bragg and, and ukiah both have a planning commission uh i right. think i think the willett city council serves also as the planning commission in, in willett it does at point arena it does the same but there there are opportunities always in point arena right now they're working on a local coastal plan amendments around housing to make it easier to build housing it is a fully loaded community process um you know once upon a time there was ukiah valley area plan people got engaged out of the community and that I think, you know, the public hearing process um, is definitely one way to do that. Um, you, I don't know how many boards and commissions the county of Mendocino has, but you got, you have things from mental health to public health. To, uh, I, 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 they're just numerous, and there's always places that people can fit in. It's also kind of a training ground if you want it to be, like especially the planning commission where you serve on the planning commission. That's an important function of any city or county is, is planning and work there. And then, you know, you kind of develop the skills of working in groups and debate and discussion and, and, and can move on to be ready to move on to something else. Um, you know, one of the things about it that I found interesting in Mendocino County and is that you can have processes take a while that take a year to get through and so often people don't get involved early in the process and if it's a planning commission then, then a board of supervisors process they wait until the very end to come out and voice their concerns um, that creates a lot of adversity to the process uh, uh, and and if you know, to be alert and understand what's going on around you and your community in that realm and getting involved early is the most constructive way to do it. It does take dedication to do the meetings and so forth, but you're much more successful in getting your ideas considered by a bigger group and incorporated in the project than showing up at the last minute and saying, not in my backyard. Well, Richard, if you let me underline that point, I mean, um, let's say there's a city or a county or Caltrans or anybody that's that's um, that's wants to move ahead with with a public improvement of some kind, and and maybe everybody agrees with the general concept, but then it gets to public hearing, and some people show up for the first time and 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 look at the plan and go, well, what about this this change to it? And the the agency may be perfectly eager to make that change, but you know, they're also looking at things behind behind the the permit itself. They're looking at the construction schedule, the budget they right. have to build the project, and and I know that all of those agencies would love to get that public input at at an earlier stage before it gets to the public hearing, if at all possible, so they they could incorporate those changes um, and and not delay the construction of the project. Well, you know, to give you a little credit, uh, back when the Noyo Bridge was being really reconstructed, originally there was a guardrail there that didn't allow views over the edge 
and you got involved pretty early in that process. Now we have actually what's uh, a pretty nice bridge and uh, be able to see over the edge, good pedestrian access. So that that's that's an example of getting involved early and staying at it because Caltrans can dig in their heels sometimes. <laughs> um. And so, if there's is there anything more you want to say about cities? Because it's you have really, I think the only person that I can think of that has worked as a council member in one city, and then later with even many more years of experience, then later a, a city manager in another city. Well, I, you know, I think that that the roles of cities are some are different than the role of the county i mean they but they both share streets and roads they take care of but uh typically cities like in our community don't take care of public health mental health they do have law enforcement they do have fire or now we have fire districts um and the myriad of of services that the counties have to provide to the citizens is so many of them mandated by state because they're kind of an agent of the state whereas cities have a, a i'll call it a broader range of choice of what they do you know some cities have sewer systems some don't some have water systems some don't uh city of ukiah has its own electric system as part of a big consortium um institute um and and we are fortunate you know ukiah dedicate some programs or recreation program is I, I there no small city has a recreation program and cultural programs as good as ukiah 12 square miles um so it's just just in just in terms of the amount of focus that you can give to every every inch of a city um you just can't it's not possible to give that level of focus to every every square foot of, of, of a county as big as this um, when, when you don't have, you know, there you go. Okay, Richard. So um, that was a, a, a good uh, dive a little bit, just a small dive into, into cities. And um, well, one, one thing about cities is all of our cities here in Mendocino County um, have a voter approved half cent sales tax for city streets. And um, uh, one of the side benefits of that, and it turns out to be more than just a little side benefit for Point Arena, is um, over the years, the state has wanted to encourage local communities to have a voter-approved uh, dedicated funding source to maintain their, their roads. And um, in most places in California, the vast majority of all Californians live in a place where on a countywide basis that a voter half cent sales tax or, or some kind of sales tax was approved for local streets. In our particular case, it was approved at the city level in each cities and there has never been a, a ballot measure at the county level or outside of the cities. Um, but the way the state has rewarded the local, the communities that have adopted a, a street sales tax is uh, in 2006 after Prop 1B bond funds and then later with SB1, the the continuous state funding that that the state's offering right now, they're providing matching uh, a, local, a state local partnership fund, what they're calling it. And um, that has grown, I think today it's now $200,000 minimum to every jurisdiction that has a voter-approved 
um, transportation sales tax. So for Little Point Arena, I think you you guys generate something over fifty thousand dollars a year in the local sales tax, and you're getting at this point now something like two hundred thousand dollars a year in the state match. I mean that's just phenomenal. Well, it is it is phenomenal, and and you know there are the cities in Mendocino County and Lake County who have those kind of sales tax and that there's not many of those in the state out of the 500 cities. We're really fortunate to be on the ball at MCOG with Phil Dow in past years to, to get into the legislation that would allow it, that would allow that what they call the local partnership formula fund to be distributed to cities and counties, not just counties. So that was kind of a win that we pulled off with the, the Lake County, Mendocino County COGS representing more cities with sales tax dedicated to roads than any place else. Um, it is interesting for Freud Arena that, that it gives us so much more money. Willits and Fort Bragg both have that. They get that 200000 plus more because it is a formula that is a base, and it's not quite as beneficial as it is to Point Arena. Um, but it's really important. And in fact, Point Arena, three or two and a half years ago, applied for part of the local partnership money that was competitive. And, and it means it meant that, you know, everybody in his brotherhood that could do have sales tax or roads applied for money to do a special project. And we got funded. We got funded for um, over a million dollars to redo mill street in in point arena we were the smallest project ever funded we're the small city i mean point arena is like the seventh smallest city in the state out of 500 so so that so that local that sb1 money was has been really beneficial to two cities with sales tax and especially to point arena kind of a side story about point arena when you know i i took the job of city manager in Point Arena in 2015. And, you know, I worked in Ukiah. I was living, I lived in Fort Bragg. And people from those areas thought, well, why is Point Arena a city? Or that's the kind of question I would get. And, you know, people, a couple of people asked me, do you think it should be a city? And I said, well, you know, we'll see. You know, I'm going to go there and we're going to see what's if it really should be a city or not so tiny and so restricted in its revenue streams. And, uh, and you know, I would say my initial answer after uh, before SB1 was that nah, probably shouldn't be a city because it can't afford to take care of its streets and roads. And they were just deteriorating. But with SB1, suddenly there was a windfall for the city of Point Arena that made it very viable to take care of its streets, in fact, more viable possibly than many other cities. Uh, so that's how important uh, that state legislation was. And I will tie that back to advocacy and being informed. If we hadn't been reading the legislation, and if we hadn't been going and sitting down next to the Mendocino County COG, sitting down next to the L.A. County COG guy and having a personal relationship there, this never would have happened. Exactly, yeah. And uh, and so, Richard, 
I think you were once upon a time, one of the boards you were on was the Mencio Council Governments, but I know for certain that one of the boards you were on was a, a, a similar uh, board, beats on the first Monday of the month also, the Local Agency Formation Commission, which, um, <laughs> and in fact, I think you were chair of that at one point. Can, yeah. can you talk a little bit about that's yet one other kind of government agency that most people have no idea exists, but it does include, I think, at least one community member who's not elected. But um, So can you maybe talk a little bit about the Local Agency Formation Commission? So the Local Agency Formation Commission uh, analyzes things like annexations. As, you know, if the city of Ukiah wants to pull in some more land from the county, it, it I, I think it was about... 15 years ago, uh, legislation was passed where it was supposed to do reviews of all special districts and cities of their operations and their ability to perform. I mean, the state-level LAFCO philosophy was the fewer local governments, the better. You know, uh, uh, there was some push toward that. So LAFCO went through, and I think there's, so I'm going to get this number wrong, but 52 special districts in Mendocino County, fire districts, water districts, cemetery districts. Not, this doesn't count school districts. And and so LAFCO was the agency that was supposed to do, you know, work with those boards, work with their administrators. Most of them are volunteer boards and volunteer administration even. And, and look at their operations and income and create reports that said that they're doing good or they could do better or uh, and that was supposed to continue in a like every five-year review the biggest thing they do is analyze service right now in ukiah valley there's a lot of work been done around water in the different districts possibly consolidating right now there's cooperating um, you know, LAFCO did work to, cr- to create the valley-wide fire department that is now in Ukiah. Um, and it created, you know, I know on the coast, LAFCO was where folks went to um, get their community as part of the Fort Bragg Fire District just across the 10-mile. Um, and there were public hearings and so forth around that. So it was a bit of an arcane you know, kind of like, what in the world does that thing do kind of um, organization? But it plays an important role, and there's every year there's a bit of a scramble on who gets to sit on it, because always one city has to sit out. So, uh, But again, it's just one more of those places. There is a public member, uh, a, a couple county members, and I think it's uh, three city members. And then are I think they're the special districts within the county select uh, right, and they they elect their representative. Um, and again, that's one of those places where I re- I represented special districts when I was there. I think I was on on that board for eight years. Um, yeah, but that was yet another board that you were on the um, the uh, Russian River Flood Control District, which <laughs> I, I think they're the one and only local Mendocino County government agency that actually owns actually put money into and helped and therefore owns part of lake mendocino uh, that, that's correct we're the we're the the small partner in lake mendocino with about 15 percent of the water rights in there um but the, you know again there are other water water districts throughout the county and they are all operated by 
local folks, and pretty generally they all are elected. And a number of them get appointed by the Board of Supervisors because people don't run. Or sometimes they're appointed by the boards that are currently serving. Um, those are those are the most basic form of local government, though, is a, a, a water district board. That is, that's for sure. Well, I just want to do a station announcement. So again, this is uh, KZOX. It's uh, about the middle of the hour. Um, you're listening to Mencio County Public Radio. And uh, you're, this is Citizen U. Host this uh, today is myself, Dan Jurdy, uh, Mendocino County Supervisor. And our guest today is Richard Shoemaker, who for roughly 40 years now has um, served as a community member on different boards and commissions, uh, been elected to city council in Ukiah, county supervisor, and um, is uh, still all these years later. In fact, one of your current boards that you're also on right now is the um, Noel Harper Commission. And uh, uh, can you talk a little bit about? I mean, that it, they're basically what two two harbors and of well maybe three I guess Albion, Point Arena. Right, right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. They, 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 people forget Albion, but uh, yeah, I uh, you know as long as I've been in Mendocino County, uh, I. You know, have enjoyed going to Noyo Harbor, using Noyo Harbor. I have a small sailboat on a trailer. We've launched and we kayak in there and have gone on uh, charter charter excursions and so forth. And, you know, it's 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 a publicly funded district. Half of the half of the revenue basically comes from property taxes and the other is from user fees. You know, it goes, uh, I'm going to miss what the boundaries are. But anyway, they go, uh, I believe, up to Westport and and down to Casper. Um, And, you know, it is a district, a harbor that that needs a lot of work. It's one of the last uh, publicly owned marinas that still has wooden docks. Um, But it has, you know... It took it the, the commission before guy, I got on it created a, a sustainability plan and a number of projects to improve the harbor to make it better for fishermen, for commercial fishermen and recreational fishermen, and to assure that the economy of that harbor um, and the local economy uh, is as strong as it can be based out of the harbor. So we're we're working on that jim hurst is on as a chair of that commission um um and he has served on it eight years um some good folks working on it we've just hired a a harbor a new harbor master about a year ago very energetic woman anna newman who uh is working hard in a number of arenas trying to get us um funding for the plans we've had uh our first project is a uh, a fish cleaning station for recreational fishermen. We're really working hard on uh, doing the environmental work to get a, a fuel dock and upgrade to the ice system and a possible sh- chandlery, which is basically a, a marine store to where you buy marine equipment uh, placed in the harbor uh, because the, you know the fuels fuels are a big issue. The big boats they go elsewhere to get fuel. And uh, the smaller boats get fueled from trucks 
and it's super expensive. So again, that is one of the one of the roadblocks to that harbor being the most efficient and and good economically it can be. So there's a lot of positive, I believe, positive work going on at the district. Um, and there are sources of funding right now that are opening up for that, and we're we're going to try to chase them down. And I think that's just an example of of when someone goes on a board or a commission, they're you know they're bringing their own energy, their own ideas, but in a lot of ways, their work is a continuation of the work for the people that came before them. You know, there's in Noya Harbor, there you can see there's there's aging infrastructure, there's um, midlife infrastructure, and there's you know, imp- but there there is a significant amount of infrastructure that that over the decades has been in, in place there. And it looks like pretty substantial infrastructure was put in with probably federal funds uh, in, in the '60s. Um, mm-hmm. with, yeah, um, the, it's been a while. <laughs> it's and, been a few that, decades. And then that that was you know that that commit that's a commission that was appointed has a unique membership. That two of the commissioners are appointed by the city of Fort Bragg. Two of the commissioners are uh, appointed by the county of Mendocino. And the chair is appointed by both the city and the county. Um, and so that, you know, again, that's another application to a county agency or your supervisor or your city council member. And, you know, let them know you're interested in working on something like that. Yeah, and 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 a similar board um, also in Fort Bragg is the um Fire JPA, the Fort Bragg Fire Joint Powers Authority, and it has um, an independently elected rural fire, Fort Bragg Rural Fire District. They appoint two people to the common board the, the, that really runs the or super is the board for the fire department. And then the, there's two council members who serve on the board. And then together, those those two independent boards, City Council, Rural Fire Board appoint a fifth person to serve. And I think it's interesting that that Fort Bragg area has two boards that um, have an appointment process that's similar in that there's these two other appointing agencies to create the um, the, the board that, run, that uh, approves the budget. In the case of the Fort Bragg Fire Department, I actually think I've brought it up several times as a good model. If you have cases or potential cases where there's two different entities and i'll just i'll throw out this example maybe you got the county in this ns city or something um where they may have slightly different interests and in um where they want to spend dollars that are common that would be commonly managed and in the fort bragg fire example i I think they brilliantly um, resolved that because it's in their bylaws that in order to spend money there has to be at least one fire commissioner from the city and at least one fire commissioner from the rural fire district to have to vote in favor of the expenditure. So you, you can't have an, in, you know, they've institutionalized a way to make sure that that the the money um, isn't disproportionately spent in one area versus the other. So um, I, I've often given that example uh, when when you. When you have, I think, stickier situations than the fire department in terms of making sure that the money is being spent equitably, that 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 might be a way to resolve it. Um, So, Richard, uh, you are also on some nonprofit boards. I know we're mostly here to talk about government agencies, but we should at least also mention that as as a venue for people to get involved um, in their community through nonprofit. And, And in your case, 
it's with the Mendocino Land Trust, and they've been on on Citizen U in, the, uh, in recent months. Right, the Land Trust is a, is you know um, a, to me a really strong organization working on uh, conserving forest lands, conserving farmlands, and developing public access, and in particular with a focus on um, the coastal, the California Coastal Trail. And, um, you know, if you go to their website, Mendocino Land Trust website, uh, you can you can look at the locations throughout the um, county of Mendocino where they have picked up the the easements and the properties along the coast that provide a, a whole bunch of access, at least for viewing, if not beach access, um, you know, from 10 mile all, all the way down to... Uh, uh, Pelican Bluffs and Point Arena. Uh, the land trust works with other land trusts, the Redwood Coast Land Conservancy down in Wallala, who's got the uh, Mill Bend project on the Wallala River, which is a super significant project. We're giving, we're furnishing staff support for them as they work through the planning and, and application for development of the of whatever trail system will be there in management of that. Um, the land trust has has started working more inland and is working on some pretty big parcels. We accepted, well, it, this is a project that's been on for years and years. Um, a lot of land from PG&E up around Lake Pillsbury and so forth recently. And we're looking at a bunch of other private forest ownerships that that what conservation does is the folks get a tax break in the long run but they do not do new development on the property we have a couple of uh, folks with some significant redwoods privately owned uh, that that we've been given endowments to to do other work on preserving redwoods but i would suggest folks go to the um, the website um, and you can sign up for getting notices and emails from the Mendocino Land Trust. But, uh, you know, again, one person on a board, and it's in boards like that, it, you know, if you have background in real estate, that's a good position, accounting, bookkeeping, investments, um, public relations, printing. You know, if you have particular skills, you know, boards and commissions need your skills. And uh, I don't know how. Do you know how many NC and NGOs there are, nonprofits there are in this county? There's got to be hundreds. I think someone said we have like twice as many per capita as Sonoma <laughs> County. <laughs> right, um, and, and some of them are very small, but but uh, generally very interesting uh, local work. Most of them. So, Richard, these have been some recent some examples here of where you're coming into an organization kind of deep into its work on on projects and that are coming to fruition there's another kind of movement in Mendocino County that you were a part of kind of at the early I would say the fairly early stages um, if not the initial stages and you know in this last election we ha- voters approved measure P which provides uh, for 10 years um, a dedicated funding source for um, fire departments um, that's countywide, and uh, and ten percent of those funds are specifically set aside for fire prevention um, to uh, 
of the or, ordinance letter the ordinance didn't say it. It, it it's it's it'll go to the Minnesota Fire Safe Council and and you know, it was in the campaign literature and uh, th- whose job it is is to coordinate with um, what today I think is like 42 different neighborhood fire safe councils uh, work with homeowners property owners to make their property as safe as possible for a potential wildfire um, which really makes the work of the firefighters uh, whether they're Cal Fire or local fire departments much safer and, and more successful in the event of a wildfire um, by preparing those properties. And so can you talk a little bit about um, some of that early work, that, uh, including the protection of the CAL FIRE air attack base in Ukiah and also the, the formation of the County Fire Safe Council as someone who was in on that at the beginnings? Uh, so I think it was around 2004 that Cal Fire announced that it was going to uh, close the Ukiah air attack base. And if that sounds like a strange thing, it's basically the firefighting planes that, that run in and out of Ukiah. Now, they wanted to close up Ukiah and have those planes run out of either Humboldt or in Santa Rosa. And, you know, uh, I was a super county supervisor then. It was really clear that that was a bad idea to all the locals. The cities got involved, the counties got involved, the public got involved. We put together a group to, you know, try to get Cal Fire to understand how important it was that it stayed. Um, of by really staying at it, working hard. There are a couple people that worked super hard on it. Uh, you know, I was the figurehead. I wasn't the person who did the hardest work. It was a couple other folks uh, that did that. And um, we eventually were able to get Cal Fire to reconsider. And we did that by showing them weather facts, problems, and in response, in response time uh, to fires and so forth, and how, how, how much they could get out of hand in this area, you know, with a response time of, 30 minutes instead of five minutes. Um, and in the end, it stayed. So immediately on the, the tail of that is my recollection is their fire safe councils became something um, that other communities had done. And Nikaya um, fire chief at that time, Anderson Valley, I believe the River Valley fire chief. And some people from the Save Ukiah Air Attack group got together. I was part of that and started talking about forming, officially forming Fire Safe Council in the in- inland area of Mendocino County. Uh, I, you know, worked with that to the point that they were ready to incorporate, and then I left. I left that work, but um, as you said, now there's 42 Fire Safe Councils. There's actually real funding for them to do work, um, and and so that's you know a seed planted back in the 15, 16 years ago is now something that that is important to Mendocino County. And I to circle all the way back to the air attack thing. Um, I think every year for the last six years, a fire of some sort has broken out out toward Vichy Springs subdivision, which is a one-way-in, one-way-out subdivision in Ukiah Valley. And the Ukiah air attack being so close 
just boom. The fires were done. They were over and out within 15 minutes. Uh, some of them as close as, as two or three lots from housing. Uh, but if the, um, the planes hadn't been in Ukiah, it's very possible that subdivision could have gone up in smoke. And I think these are great examples of where sometimes we come into an organization, like I said, deep into that organization's um, work, and and we're seeing projects come to fruition. Other times, we're kind of at the at the um, headwaters of of the of the issue, and and kind of bringing it forward, and and maybe we help launch it. And others who come after us complete you know complete the project or take it to the next level and you know it was after the 17 fires that um the that the fire safe council kind of ramped up to an, another level and uh was under i think the auspices of the, with the assistance from the community foundation and then they transitioned over to some um uh, sort of administrative help from the Mendocino County Resource Conservation District, which itself doesn't have a large budget but had more capacity, and um, and then the county with the PG settlement funds, um, we wanted to really in- invest in them as they were themselves bringing in more state grants at the same time, because the state was investing more heavily into these fire safe councils statewide. So they they're bringing in state grants. We um, were able to allocate this one-time pg settlement funds um, i think it was about a million dollars to the fire safe council to kind of give them a, um, a shot in the arm to ramp up further and then i think as people saw the capacity and the and the you know kind of the the importance of of an organization like this in our county um that it no one really questioned that that they should be um, a part of this sales tax for for fire service. You know, it should be for protection and prevention, and, um, and I think that was you know personally, I felt that was a very important part of of Measure P. And I'm I'm, I'm it's just interesting to hear this example of where you and others were a part of the the formation of uh, and, and recognizing that there was a community need and that people along the way have continued to step up and, and keep um, building that that organization and that service to higher and higher levels. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of people to, to, to do that, too. It's not just one individual, that's yeah. for sure. Okay, well, um, we are approaching the last uh, five minutes of the show. Um, Richard, um, any closing thoughts on, um, on just the experience of, of working on boards and commissions or, um, or public service in general that you want to share with, with the listeners? Yeah, I, I think that um, as somebody who's at the end of their career who still serves on boards um, and commissions and urges people to do that, I, I, I can't express enough the wish that people in their 20s and their 30s look to their local nonprofits, look to their local governments, and and find a way to carve out the time to you know work in your own community for the betterment of that community. Uh, it, it's you know it's it it's white hairs only on so many boards anymore. You look at the uh, the folks on a lot of. of nonprofit boards 
and and it's folks that have been doing this a long time. And I, I think each and every one of those people would gladly welcome uh, uh, other folks with energy and time and people who, who spend another 50 years in this community or 40 years in this community to come on board and work with them. So uh, I guess I'd say don't be shy. Um, but think, look around and see what you, you like and what you think you can help contribute with. And I'm sure there's some organization in this community that you can fit in nicely and and do good work with. And I, I imagine you had no thought of that at the when you first got involved with the Parks and Rec uh, Commission in Ukiah that you would be serving on, oh, over so many years on so many different boards. Well, um, I, I I had a plan. I mean, my I I set my. From what happened with me, I said, okay, I'm going to get involved this way in the ways through the ladders. And the ladders are Parks and Rec and Planning Commission, you know, run for council. Uh, but to say, to think I, that 40 years later, or at least 35 years later, that I would have gone through this and, and actually, you know, run a super successful nonprofit building the Alex Rohrbach Center, and then becoming actually a city manager uh, of, a, of a, a very small, a wonderful community in Mendocino County. It's just been, uh, it's, it's been really an interesting trip. <laughs> That's a strange trip, maybe even. <laughs> uh, but um, I've enjoyed it a great deal. And, I, and Dan, there are so many things that you and I talked about, talking about more about like stuff like housing and, rural counties and tiny cities and I, I hope that we can talk again and talk about some of those those kind of programs as well well hope to have you back again richard okay so um thanks for joining us here on citizen you um this has been another episode of citizen you on kzux um this is uh, KZUX Philo, 90.7 FM, KZUX Z Willits and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Um, is there, we may have, I don't know if we have any new announcements about this pending storm. It doesn't appear from the station that we have anything new to report. But just a reminder that, um, you know, it, we are expecting a major wind uh, and, and rain and flooding watch uh, throughout uh, tomorrow. And um, so uh, find a cozy place to hunker down if you can. Um, and PG cautions that although they've got everybody deployed, and I've certainly saw several trucks um, on my drive here to Philo this morning from the coast, that uh, you know they've got such a big territory that, that where this storm is expected to hit, that if they do get power outages, their, their caution is that we should be prepared for possibly extended um, outages just because of the, the possibility for damage in many, many locations in Northern California. And um, with that, we are going to go um, to uh, interlude with Patrick Gomes. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.